Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Barry. I'm the executive pastor here at New Life, and we are in the final week of our series on prayer. Now, whether this is your first time to New Life, or you've been coming for a number of years, or you're joining us online, you're in for a treat this morning. Because our dear friend, Pastor Mark Geppert, is here, and he is the founder of the Southeast Asia Prayer Center. Who better to teach on prayer than the guy who has it in the name of the organization he founded? He is one of Pastor Chris's oldest friends, and the vision of SEAPC is to see a world united through prayer. And so as we capstone this series, it's our honor and privilege to have Pastor Mark here with us. So I would ask you in joining me in welcoming Pastor Mark. It's always a joy to come to New Life because basically we're filled with new life. And so you don't get old stuff, you get new life stuff, which is cool. Did you get that? I can't believe that young man ran the whole way in here from the parking lot to make the announcements, jumped up on this platform and took a deep breath of smoke and uh, didn't pass out. (laughs) But our God is a miracle working God, isn't it? It is a joy to be here. Uh, Of course, uh, New Life, uh, we, I remember, I remember all the stages and steps that we've come through. And when people say, Chris and I have known each other for a long time, it's true, through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. And faith, grace has brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. It's been fun for the two of us, I'll give you a little two of us thing, watching these young people raise up and seeing who the Lord will bring. And, you know, as we realize that the, the hair is not long anymore, but it's getting a little grayer around the edges, you know, and we begin to see that uh, this, you know, who, who is going to carry the mantle of our life's work? A big responsibility. Many of us here, as I look at you, we're close in age, and, and I know that we're feeling those same things. And so I'm very happy to be at New Life with this team and to, and to see the zeal for God and the energy. Our primary time here was uh, yes, Friday night and Saturday. Uh, we studied this book, and uh, this is called The Attack Lambs. If you haven't read it, you should, and if you haven't bought it, you should. And so that's why I've got several cases of them here. And this is the book that we've used for the prayer walk seminar that we did yesterday when we went out on the street in Butler, covered that main street and then also the community college. And we prayed for people, we prayed with people, we reached out to people, had a wonderful, wonderful time, a great team. And many of them are going on then to Myanmar from here. You see, uh, New Life is effective uh, locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally all at the same time. and that fulfills the direction of the Holy Spirit. So anyway, I'm going to share one of the things from here. But uh, these are available today. Now, if you buy one of these today and I sign it, then when you get to heaven, my mother will thank you for supporting her son. And if you don't, you're on your own. You understand what I'm saying? And since you didn't know my mother, it probably might be a good idea to avail yourselves the opportunity. It's a big year for us. Ellie and I, my wife Ellie, we're here together today. Praise God, that's wonderful. And this year we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of our wedding. 50 years of wedded bliss. 
which makes her the most patient, tolerant, loving person on this planet. To have a husband that runs around the world, spends 80% of the year away, and raise two boys to serve God and, and is quite an accomplishment. And if people say that I'm the founder of SCAPC. Actually, that's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, we were shipwrecked, broke, busted, disgusted in Virginia Beach with our hopes and dreams dashed upon the rocks of the great dismal swamp along with thousands of other charismatic Christians drawn to the then Mecca of charismatic communication. And we were done, man. I mean, we were done, done. I have a book coming out about it. It's just, it's, yeah. And I turned to her and I said, okay, for 20 years I've directed this ministry, where we're going, what we're doing, and now I have a shipwrecked here on the east coast of the United States. What would you like to see? It only took me 20 years. Come on, wives, there's hope. And she said, I would like to see a prayer-based ministry meeting the needs of children around the world. What? S-C-A-P-C a prayer-based ministry. I want to thank those of you who sponsor orphan children and have been faithful with that. And those of you who have come and worked on the orphanages and fixed that roof in that crazy, the oldest one, and, and went out there in the heat and in the rain and, and did that work. I mean, I really appreciate that. And those of you who give a child an identity by monthly sponsorship, I cannot say thank you enough. And to New Life as a church that has supported us uh, very generously, and walked with us in the vision. Again, I say thank you very much. We've, we have, we're prospering. One of the great honors that, uh, that we had was that the Reverend, I call him Rev Doc, I don't know what you call your pastor, but I call him these, the Reverend Dr. Chris Marshall, one of the most knowledgeable men in the Word of God that I have ever met, one of the greatest teachers I have ever met, and so practical. God, that guy's practical. So when it was apparent that our son Matthew was going to follow in our footsteps and he was going to become the president of the Southeast Asia Prayer Center, then he had to have his biblical knowledge increased. And so our board decided we approached Chris to see if he would take Thursday mornings and work one-on-one -on -one with Matthew and bring him through the Bible and train him. And one of the reasons that Matthew is so confident in the Word of God is because Chris Marshall discipled him in the Word of God. And it was challenging. It, 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 Chris, is, Chris doesn't slide over any detail, man. He's a detail guy, <laughs> as Barry could tell you for sure. And uh, man, do we appreciate that now as I see Matt. Matt's just down the road. He's at St. Luke's today, recovering Saxonburg today. You get a double dose of the Gepard. But uh, yeah, we just appreciate it all the time the input that he received. And as a member of our board, uh, Chris would always say that, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do that, and then he would do the best job of anyone. So we thank God. So, okay, we did the commercial for the books. We did the nice to be here. You got used to my voice, and I affirmed that my wife and I have been married for 50 years, right? Good. You keep track, because i got to cover all these bases. In this book, we talk about Ephesians chapter 6. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities, uh, spirits, uh, spirit realm. And, and in, the, in that same chapter, chapter 6, Paul tells the Ephesian church that you are to wear the full armor of God, that you're to wear the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Your loins, your emotions are to be girded with the truth that Jesus loves me. 
You have the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the only offensive weapon in the armor so that you can speak the word into where the enemy is working. You can speak the word over your children. You can speak the word over the sick. You can speak the word. You see the, the sword of the spirit. And then your feet shod. So your direction shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Feet shod with preparation. And then, and then as you read on down, and then he says, he says, praying always in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. You see, if you don't have prayer in the middle of the armor, it's just a stack of metal. If you don't have the life of prayer, if you don't have the anointing that comes from prayer, if you don't have the life and the energy that comes from prayer, then you're just standing. It's just a pile of stuff, lifeless. So Paul says, with the armor, in this battle, you have to have the energy of prayer. He says, praying always in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. It seems a little bit redundant, doesn't it? Praying in the Spirit with all prayer. That's a little bit complicated, is it not? So today we're going to talk a little bit about praying in the Spirit. What does that mean, praying in the Spirit? We've been asked by churches in the UK, they say they're fatigued. They've been in the battle against secular humanism for, since the end of the war, and the generation is fatigued. The pastors, would we please send teams to minister to them on increasing or refreshing your capacity for the Holy Spirit? How do I increase in my capacity? <laughs> now, some of us are... Staying away from carbohydrates to decrease in our capacity, and I certainly understand that. My capacity for the Holy Spirit. How do I increase? How do I get more of God? How does that, what does that mean practically to me? How do I do that? I looked up capacity. Capacity has two dimensions. Number one, the first definition of capacity, Webster's, is how much you can contain. If you have a vessel, what is the capacity? If you have a room, what is the capacity? If you have an airplane, what is the capacity? What is the capacity of this place? Are we filled to capacity? And then the second use of the word capacity is what can be accomplished by what is contained? How much can we accomplish? How much can we hold? How, what can we accomplish by what we have? And these are the measures of capacity. In discovering praying in the Spirit, I find this scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 that says, Be no longer drunk with wine, which, in, which in, is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. What does it mean, drunk with wine? Now, every time I talk about this verse, after somebody's going to come up and say, it's okay to have two beers, and that's not at all what I'm talking about. It may be legal, but is it wise? It may be legal, but is it expedient? It may be legal, but does it affect your thinking? Are you plugged into the world? 
But what about the wine of the world? What about the allurements that, that, uh, that speak out to our flesh, that speak out to our worldly understanding, our worldly cravings, that wine of the world? Paul says, don't be plugged into the world. Don't be, it, 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 be filled with the Spirit. And the verb there is be continually, constantly be being filled. Refill, refill. Have this flow going through us. How do we do that? That's the question. Is it not? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, one thing is making melody into your heart to the Lord. We've got this cynical, sarcastic, complaining spirit that nothing is good enough, nothing is rich enough, no home is big enough, no car is fast enough, no clothes are wealthy enough, no brand is recognized enough, no makeup will cover over age. There is nothing in this world that will bring satisfaction. Nothing. Nothing. And there are people who spend a gazillion dollars and go on credit and spend the, their whole future of their lives, and you're going to hear about this in the, this Peace Institute on finance. <laughs> they compromise their entire future and the future of their children and their children's children to try to look like, be like, think like, smell like, walk like, talk like the world. They got one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom, and they have no integrity. They're not a whole individual. They can be drawn aside. You can be, oh, I gotta have that car. Oh, I gotta have that thing. Oh, my next hand, I gotta have the boat. Now I gotta have a yacht. Now I gotta have a harbor. Now I gotta have a harbor villa. Now I gotta have a harbor villa, yacht, boat thing. It never satisfies. It won't satisfy. It will not satisfy. And we see people becoming inebriated, mind controlled, speech affected, relationships broken, direction lost, wisdom fleeting. Because why? Because they're imbibing the spirit of the world. Paul says, be not drunk with wine, which in his excess, but be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I love songs. I love the songs of the church. And I grew up in a very Christian home. 16 years, perfect Sunday school attendance. Don't trip over your pins. Memory verses, morning devotions, evening devotions. And we had no TV, so we stood around this piano, and my mother played the upper register, my sister the lower register, and and we sang the hymns of the church. Father was a Presbyterian elder. My mother was an undercover Wesleyan Methodist. Uh, we tended much more to uh, You Must Be Born Again in those songs. I love the hymns. And then there are these spiritual songs. What is that about? Speaking to yourselves in spiritual songs? We're not talking about African-American music here, slave songs. Although I do like the African-American church, and I really like to sing on the rhythm of the two and four rather than the one and three, but we won't go too far down that road. I was a good Presbyterian, 
Ellie and I married 50 years ago. In those days, I don't know how it is today, I can't figure it out, but in those days, you completed your military obligation, you thank God you were still alive and didn't get killed in Vietnam, you came home, you married your girlfriend. When you married your girlfriend, you went to work, because it was the role of the man to be provision, protection, and guidance in the home. Old school, I know. It was, but you were going to work. If you said, I do, you did. Every morning at six o'clock, you did. You did go to work. You did make the money. You did take care of the house. You did. I mean, that's what was expected of men in those days. So I went to work right away. New York Life Insurance Company. Now, some people say that wasn't work. You should try it. And, and I had a niche. I was selling annuities to pastors. Pastors at crummy retirement programs. And particularly Baptists. They got eternal security, but nothing for this life. And so this Baptist pastor, who was the guy who married us, it's a Baptist pastor. So I went in and I, and I sat with him and we talked and, and I showed him this annuity and how he could have an income in the future and he'd have to pay for it now, save money through this program. But if he died in the midst, you know, we'd take care of his five kids and his wife and so forth. And so, uh, so this fellow liked it. So he took it to the finance committee of the church. And a miracle occurred in a Baptist church. They approved it. Okay, now we're going to take care of our pastor. It's always been my principle. If you take care of your pastor, God will take care of everything else. That's just been a principle with me. And so they bought it. So I went to see him to place the policy to get for the presentation Friday morning, 11 o'clock. I like to put those on Friday morning, 11 o'clock because... 55% of the annual premium, that is that check that was sitting on that desk, 55% of that was mine if I could get it to the office in Pittsburgh by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Fridays. Give me money for the weekends. And so I went in, and it was quite a lot. I mean, he was, he was like in his 40s, and, and uh, <laughs> it was a large check. And I'm thinking, man... We're going to party hardy this week because this is good, good business. I went in, sat with him. There were, on his desk was the proposal, the, the, actually the agreement now. Then my rate book where I had explained to him progressive savings and so forth. And his check. And I was ready to go when he said to me, you know, Mark, you've done a really nice thing for me and, and I'd like to pray for you. Would that be all right? Uh, yeah, it's all right. As long as it doesn't take too long. But yeah, yes. Because mm -hmm. I, I want the money, man. I'm in it for the money. I said, okay, yeah, that'd be all right. I mean, come on. I had been to youth camp every summer. I had been, I'm not, it's not a stranger to prayer. And so he said, um, could you kneel? Man, I grew up Presbyterian. We don't kneel. We don't kneel. Catholics kneel. Not Presbyterians, we don't know. But for the amount of money that was in play, and these <laughs> said, well, I suppose I could kneel for that amount of money. So, okay, so I knew. Did you ever kneel on the rug of the pastor's office of a condemned wood frame Baptist church? Whew. There's no telling what lives in that rug. So I had my good suit, I cleaned it. Okay, all right, all right. Kneel down, three-piece suit, all, everything cool, I'm cool. And he said, now, how about I'll pray, 
and you follow after me. <laughs> we had done kumbaya around the fire circle at Presbyterian church camp for as long as I could remember. I could have let him in what was coming up, right? And so, I, yeah, okay, all right, fine. So he said, okay, pray with me. I said, okay. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. Okay, I'm cool there. I could do that. I ask you to be Lord of my life. Whoa, all of a sudden, this got serious. I was Lord of my life. I decided what I was going to do. I had a plan. I had a, I had a, whole, I had a whole plan of the career, where, where we would live, the house we would have, the cars we would have, the clubs we would join. I had that all laid out. I had a, a whole career plan. I wasn't just in there blowing wind around, man. I had a purpose. I liked business. Be Lord of my life. I thought about the commission. I thought about the check. I thought, man, I don't want to offend this guy at this point. And it's only words anyway. So, you know, what are words? I mean, if your heart's not in it, it's only words anyway, right? Wrong. And so I said, be Lord of my life. Well, while I'm still dealing with that, like, what is that about? I'm still working with that. He said, and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me. At Presbyterian Church, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We were still trying to figure out if Angela Davis was a mission field. We're, we were working on, is God dead or not? This is, come on, this is the old Pres We're trying to work all this stuff out. Nobody ever talked about the Holy Spirit. What is this Holy Spirit thing? Fill me with the Holy Spirit. So really half-mindedly, thinking about getting the money, I'm getting out of here. I'm up off my knees and I'm out of here. But the only way out is to say this. I said, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Now, some people talk about the Holy Spirit like the dove. You know, it's just so gentle, peaceable. For me, the Holy Spirit was a screaming war eagle. Wham! Came down on me, man. I'm saying, wait a minute. Wait, I was only saying words. I just, all of a sudden, this spirit is just coming. And I'm pushing away. Push away, push away, push away. And the struggle was on. The struggle was on. And at the end of an hour, I was face down on that rug. My glasses were don't know where, somewhere. And every sinus in my body was releasing through my nose. And I'm crying uncontrollably. This is tears. It's like Niagara Falls coming out my face. And, my, and from the struggle, my suit, the vest, the jacket, they soaked in perspiration. I mean, it was a battle. And I'm speaking this language to, to this day I don't understand. Just babbling on. I'm like, oh, wow. And when, and when I finally realized, you know, where I was and what was going on, then I'm looking at this Baptist, and he's just standing there going, praise God, praise God, praise God. I'm thinking, easy for you to say praise God. My world just changed. So I got cleaned up and got, got up and got the check, man. And I'm out the door, head across the street, down a little ways. And there was a watering hole down there. And man, I went in and plugged in it and I'm slinging them. And the bartender says to me, Mark, what happened to you? Never mind, you won't understand. Oh, he said, come on, what happened to you? I said, you know that little white frame church up there? He said, oh, no, not you. 
said, what do you mean? Oh, no, not me. He said, every Friday, a salesman of some sort comes into this place. He said, I'll tell you right now. I don't know what that guy has up there, but I can't touch it with anything I've got right here. You might as well just stop drinking. Cleaned up, went down, cashed a check, went on. But this language, this language, this speaking in something I didn't understand just kept working and working and working. And my mind started asking, what would Jesus do? And my mind went back to all those scriptures my father made me learn. And all my Sunday school teaching. And all my wonderful teachers who tried to get me to learn the Bible. The verses we had to memorize to become communicants, to become part of the church. The, the morning devotions, the evening devotions, the choruses of the songs. Even Janice Joplin got washed out of my mind. Dylan got washed out of my mind. Jimi Hendrix got washed out of my mind. The doors left my heart. The, the, the moody blues got non-moodied. I mean, the, the, these, the, the, all that I was feeding on the spirit of the world, drunk in the spirit of the world, left. I was a new man, married to a wonderful bride, who then was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the two of us, with the Holy Spirit in the center of our marriage, began to cry out to God, what do you want to do with us? What is your will? And I thank you so much for supporting the Southeast Asia Prayer Center. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know what to say, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Now, I've worked with governments around the world, China, uh, India, different governments and, that are known as anti-Christian governments, governments that stand in the way of the move of God. And it's been my pleasure to do negotiations with them. And I will sit there while they plan my demise, and they'll be speaking Chinese. And I will understand what they're saying. Now, the girls can tell you right now, I do not speak Chinese. But Happy New Year anyway. I do not speak Chinese, nor understand Chinese. But I can sit in a negotiation and hear it clearly in English and answer their questions without translation. In other words, I, they've had their conversation in their language, which I don't understand. And I can say what the Lord gives to me, and it answers their questions. And in, China, in, in Tibet, it was really fun because then they'd switch off to Tibetan. See, they switch from Chinese to Tibetan. And you go, he might know Chinese, he doesn't know Tibetan. They'd switch off to Tibetan, and the same thing would happen. It's happened for me, it's happened for Matthew as well in the midst of negotiations. So that now we have a thousand house churches in Tibet, underground. Thousand churches in Tibet, people worshiping Jesus, you see. So as I was swept into this movement, I came in on the gifts side. I was very interested in the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, miracles, special faith, 
You'll find them in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Healings, and then tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. I was very interested in the gifts and growing in the gifts, and I focused on the gifts. And I knew that if I prayed in tongues, when I prayed in tongues, my faith increased so that I could move in those gifts. And I began to move in those gifts. I saw healings. I saw deliverance. I could discern what was going on. I could receive a word of wisdom in a situation or a word of knowledge so I knew what was going to go on before it went on. And I grew in the gifts. And, uh, and there was a controversy between gifts and fruit. So there was one element, the Pentecostal charismatic group who were all about gifts. Everybody speak in tongues. Everybody can heal. Everybody, they're all about gifts. And what do you do? And what do you do? And what do you do? But the other side, the evangelical side, which was also receiving the Holy Spirit, because this is the promise of the Father that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, not just Pentecostal, A-type, outspoken people, but also the reserved people, the thinkers, the deep thinkers, the intellectuals. I'll pour out my spirit on both sides. And I began to see that as a matter of faith, according to the word of God, it was not either or. The dove has two wings. So to maximize capacity, I had to think of both, not either or, but both gifts and fruit. I was in a Bible school, Assemblies of God Bible school, but it, it, it wasn't traditionally Assemblies of God. It's a bunch of ragamuffin people who are just were thrown together out here in Butler, PA, for, for just a season. And we're out there studying the Word together. It was a really good school. We're studying the Word together. And this one young lady, I mean, they were so conflicted. In the winter, you know, the girls had to wear skirts. You know, women can't wear pants. I, come on, this is AG, we're holding. The women can't wear pants. It's freezing cold out there, you know. And so these girls would always laugh. They wear Levi's underneath their flowing skirts, you know, so that they could stay warm. They also didn't have any money, so we nearly froze it. So anyhow, Kathy D. Joy, who is, Kathy is a pastor's wife, and she lives in Hermitage, PA. Kathy D. Joy, in that class, one day she summed it all up. She said, honey... Shanana don't mean nothing if you ain't got a lick of love. You see, to be with this dove, you've got two wings. This dove has to have both wings to fly. You have the gifts, you have the fruit. There are nine gifts, there are nine fruit. You find them in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, meekness, faithfulness, and the one that I really struggle with, the last one, and you pray for me and I'll pray for you. I want this gift so bad. It's called self-control. Or as my doctor said, you can have the belly or you can have the knees, but you can't have both. When I need that character, I can pray in the spirit, build myself up in the faith, and receive that impartation from God. When I need that gift, 
I can pray in the Spirit, increase my faith, and receive from God. When we pray in the Spirit, we build up our faith. We increase our capacity. When we plug into the world to fulfill our desires, we decrease our capacity. We sing the song of the world. But when we are no longer drunk with the wine of the world, but we are filled with the Spirit, and we plug into the Spirit and pray in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, we plug into the character, the nature, the promises of God, and we increase our capacity for Him. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. It's a matter of plugging in to either the world or the Lord. And he said, pray this with me, Jesus, be Lord of my life. As we worked through letting go the things, and Ellie and I, it, it gave away everything. We gave away the four cardboard boxes on the back of a truck owned by the church and drove it to Latin America to begin in missions. We went from the apartment, the sports car, the van, the luxury Le Mans, to the church truck. And the stuff on the back of the church truck had been donated by a closing Holiday Inn, and we were taking it for the people in Guatemala. We left it. The only thing we took with us is you were pregnant with Sam. We took him with us. Amen. Unplugged, plugged in. Who would say with me today, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I thank you for my salvation. I thank you through the day, every day for my salvation. But I want you to be Lord. Holy Spirit, enable me to plug in and build up my faith. Enable me, O oh God, to grow in you. Would you say that with me? If you would say that with me, please raise your hand and we're going to pray. Why don't you just follow your hand up and stand up? I'll pray, you follow. If you fall over, you're on your own. Say, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you are Lord of my life. I ask you to take control of my appetites and my desires. Unplug me from the world. Set me free from the world. Plug me into you. That I might receive from you righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, I invite you to move in me, to fill me, to use me. And I ask you to give me this prayer language so that I can build myself up in the faith and receive the gifts and receive the fruit. I give myself to you today in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you, Father God. 
all of us here at New Life want to impact our community, our region, our nation, and the world through our prayers, through our giving, and through our going. Lord, I pray today for the church that any impediment, any resistance to that, anything in our life corporately or individually that hinders the flow of your spirit, we release it to you. We confess it. We release it to you today. We ask you to cleanse us, send revival in our hearts. Holy Spirit, bring revival in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.